Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode, I'm flying solo. Interesting times ahead with technology and photography and the direction that maybe photography is taking. It's always kind of interesting to read in the news different things that are happening. Just recently, a um, one of the major lighting companies in the photography uh, industry has purchased a robotic photography studio. That's, I must admit, I never heard the words robotic photography studio before. But that's something um, I suppose we've got to get used to, that technology is moving in many different kind of ways and paths. And I just really wonder what this means for photographers with things like a robotic photography studio. So it's kind of mm, conjures up all types of different ideas, I suppose. But I suppose what, what's happened in human evolution, especially on the technical side of things, is there's been this, I suppose, desire for people to develop and automate stuff like just over the years like so many jobs don't exist anymore because of automation and where someone used to have to operate something now a machine can operate and do the, do that job and it can do it like you know 24 7 you don't have to give it a break or anything so it's one of the areas i suppose that we started to see a little bit of a creep in there i mean it was a few years back disneyland started putting instead of having photographers around the around the park to photograph you you could stop outside these photo booths and get pictures taken it was basically a machine taking a picture so we saw that kind of that early creeping of technology and you know photo booths are quite popular in shopping centers people jump in there and their friends and they you know rattle off a whole heap of pictures and typically it prints it out and gives them some prints but it's kind of not ever it's thought about as a bit of fun something that someone just does for their own amusement but the idea that there might be a photography studio that's robotic that can do commercial photography to some degree, and, you know, I kind of had a quick kind of look at it, and it's kind of based around fashion and stuff like that, but it's kind of, I suppose, scary to think that maybe in the future there won't be a need for a photographer, that there'll be just be a um, robot. I think a few years back I read about there was some robots that were developed for weddings that would just scan around and take pe- you know, people's pictures of the guests and that type of thing, and that was kind of automated. We see these robots in restaurants where they bring you food to the table, those types of things. And, you know, some of those things, you know, for a lot of time is a novelty for people to go to a restaurant and have a robot deliver their food. Uh, that means that potentially a person is lost employment because of that. So I think the thing, it's it's always going to be a balancing act with where we go with technology, particularly with um, photography and how technology and photography blend together, especially with automation, how we actually deal with that. And, and like I said, as photographers and creatives, and, and I just wonder how everyone feels about, like potentially if you're working in the photography field, that potentially down the track that there could be a machine that takes over and does what you do. Is that something that scares you? I mean, is there going to be like a, you know, the headshot robot 
you know, so they want to do new corporate headshots. So they just bring in this robot and people just walk through it and the robot says, stand here, do this, smile, you know, snap, here's your picture, move next. You know, it's kind of scary to think that it, it turned into like a production line or a, a highly automated thing. Photography has always been a personal thing. It's always had a level of skill with the photographer taking advantage of the situation and maybe posing the person in a particular way or using props that are available to them that would add to the picture where, you know, robot taking pictures are just going to become very, I mean, I'm sure the robot can work out the the exact exposures and all that type of stuff and, and you know, produce a well-exposed picture. But um, I suppose and there's algorithms that will help it with composition but like I said, is this is this really where photographers want technology to take them? I mean, we look at the technology and the cameras, which is fantastic with the eye tracking and that type of stuff. And some people even kind of get a little bit scared with that. Is that then taking away that you now don't really need a skilled person behind the camera, that you could put it in the hands of a fairly unskilled person and they'd still be able to get amazingly sharp results with um, capturing images by using the tracking and the different types of um, algorithms built into the into the focusing system and I think it's one of those things that we like I said we've just got to kind of as photographers we've just got to try and I suppose get ahead around what's happening and potentially where it is and I think one of the things is not to put your head in the sand and just think oh this stuff's just a gimmick it it was like a lot of things years ago I'm sure you know if you look at the demise of drive-in movies and sure that they thought oh yeah those vhs recorders they won't they won't do much and but they had a, a major effect when people now could just as a family enjoy a movie at home a, a late release movie at home and not have to pay for everyone going through the turnstiles at the drive-in be able to do it at their time on their terms in their comfort which you know to, which is a pretty good deal when you think about it but the, I mean, the losers were obviously people who had operated and ran drive-in movie cinemas. And it's happened that there's so many different businesses that just no longer exist anymore because they've been become obsolete or become replaced with um, technology. You know, we look at, say, car parks. I mean, you know, car parks in the city always used to have a car park attendant, someone who would, you know, help you, you know, if there was a problem. Now it's all automated come in, take the ticket, you find your own spot, you park, and then when you leave, you pay for your, scan your ticket, pay the price and put your ticket in the machine and drive, like a boom gate opens up and you drive off and you haven't actually had any interaction whatsoever with a, with a single person. And again, it's kind of like, yes, you kind of get the attractiveness of someone operating that car park to be able to eliminate, say, having, uh, if it's a 24-hour car park, having three shifts of people um, there who, you know, are taking the money and uh, issuing tickets that can all be done by machine and the machine will just keep working away tirelessly, doesn't really need a break, doesn't need holidays, it doesn't need, you know, workers' comp, it doesn't need basically anything. So it kind of, like I said, it's, it is kind of scary to think that where the areas that technology will, will creep into now, do you think about things like wedding cake which is a skilled people who make beautiful wedding cakes it's a lot of skill 
but potentially a robot could be developed to basically bake the cake. And I mean, a lot of the baking processes from factories now, it's all automated anyway, but it could bake the cake and you can basically dial in the design and cake would be baked and then come out and then the machine would ice it and then decorate it and add all the bits of trim that you want that normally a person would, you know, craft and do. So potentially, you know, I can see lots and lots of different areas where creatives are working where basically they're being replaced by a machine. And the the thing about it is, you know, you're going to get consistent results. You know, you can make the same wedding cake, you know, with a machine like that, you can make the same wedding cake many, many times and get exact replicas of the last one. But I mean, sometimes, you know, something that's handmade, bespoke and created, some of the appeal for me is the fact that it is handmade and there's going to be some imperfections um you know there's going to be a little bit of the artist who who made it in there because everyone you know will do apply different pressure or when they're pressing this down or doing something so there'll be a little bit of variation on some of the parts of the cake so and again which makes it what it is a bespoke cake so it's kind of like interesting that you know yes we could replace all that with a machine but that would be i think um like i said it would are we losing control and like I said, to hear that you know, major companies invested money, a major lighting company, probably a lot of people who listen to this podcast would um, potentially be using their lighting systems to light their images, is venturing down this track with the idea, obviously, they're not buying it for, for the novelty value. I can see that they must be buying it because they can see as a potential revenue source, kind of like, if you're going to kind of, automate it and you don't need photographers to sell lights to so they can go out and do this type of work and it's kind of interesting that are they shooting yourself in the foot by potentially reducing the market i mean the camera manufacturers need you know the reason camera manufacturers can keep going year after year is because they keep servicing the customer base they've got so people keep buying their cameras they keep buying you know new lenses um, as new systems are developed, they're buying into those new systems, so they're kind of reinvesting in their in the hardware, which then entails that gives the the camera manufacturers a, an opportunity to make some money, so they can keep functioning as a company and keep producing these things. And like I said, if you know you take away the need for people to purchase equipment, then it could become a situation where yeah, your market actually shrinks because you don't have people and, and the thing about it is I mean when we know that when people buy camera equipment sometimes they're only doing a small part of that equipment is is part of their income so it's not like in the overall scheme of photography there's a lot of equipment bought to produce you know quite often not a lot of work because sometimes like I said you know working professional studio which for lots of work you know their equipment's getting worked day in day out so yes, they might wear stuff out and replace it. But a lot of the people who work in the photography industry, this is a second gig. It's not their primary gig. So they do photography to supplement their income with the idea, a lot of them of hoping one day to replace their main income. But so the equipment doesn't get worked that hard. So they're not kind of wearing it out. So that's not going to be, like I said, it means that you're going to have lots of people buying lots of equipment. But yeah, so it's, it's an interesting thought, like I said, that, you can look at how technology, and we're seeing it in the software, we're seeing it in post-production where 
AIs coming in to kind of replicate what they think the sky should look like or how it should be presented. And again, some photographers are embracing that technology. Others are kind of sitting back going, well, you know, still I don't want to, I don't want to give up my creative control to a machine. I still want to be in control of what I create and, and how I get there. Yes, using some of the facets of post-production to get there is, is fine, but I want to have that control over it. I don't want to just press a button and bang, prints out a picture and goes, there he is, that, that's your picture, with you really not having too much input into the final result. So on this episode, I'm talking about things like how in the future, or and not the too distant future, but how in the future photography may change or become automated where segments of the market are actually catered by or actually fulfilled by machines taking away the need for a physical photographer to be standing in front of the behind the camera setting up the shot setting up the lights you know positioning the talent and then taking the shot and processing and then obviously um finally producing the final shot which will be used for whatever purpose it is whether it be for advertising or Whatever, whatever the reason the shot was taken for originally, um, for commercial purposes. So again, it's like I said, it's a very interesting time we live in, where we've seen so much stuff automated. I mean, you know, we can say the same about cars. Like people sometimes say, "Oh, well, car driving's a bit of a chore." Um, I'm looking really forward to the future when I can just get in my car and I can be working on something, and the car's just taking me to my next destination, and I don't have to have any input. And I mean, some people love that idea for the other people it scares the hell out of them because it's giving up control and letting a machine now basically put your life on the line driving a car and i mean we've seen some some instances of that go very horribly wrong with some horrific accidents so i said it's kind of like where do we draw the line where do we where are we comfortable with where are we comfortable with letting machines make decisions that potentially affect us or affect our livelihoods. And I think the idea, like I said, of having a robotic photography studio is kind of one of those things that's kind of really out there. And, you know, my thoughts are it's it's scary because a lot of times people think things are not going to catch on because they think, oh, no, no that'll never happen. No one will never do that. Um, unfortunately, history has shown us many, many times in the past where people have thought about oh, that internet thing online shopping that'll never be a thing you know people won't people want to go in the shops and pick up their shoes and they want to they want to throw the handbag over their shoulder and feel what it feels like and look at it in the mirror well unfortunately we've been all kind of showing that and we're all probably guilty of of jumping online because of the convenience sometimes it's sometimes it's just you know exactly what you want rather than getting in a car driving to a location parking the car probably having some angst on the way because someone cut you off in the car park. You get into the store only to find the colour that you want. They don't have it at that store that's down the store down the road that you have to jump back in the car and you drive down the road to get it. That's frustrating. So that's why people quite often embrace you know online shopping because they can go, yep, I want a black one. Yes, and it's available at this particular location. I can click and collect and pick it up or I can have it delivered to me. And so... Retailers are obviously trying to obviously sell you stuff and they're just realising now and the pandemic's been a kind of a huge, has accelerated what's happened on the online space where more and more 
people now are using online, whether it just be click and collect, they're not physically going into the store. They're still driving to, to the location to pick it up, but they're not physically collecting it anymore. Or they're just letting someone collect it and deliver it to their door and deal with it that way. So we're getting, I suppose, people are being, I suppose people are being conditioned to letting control of stuff, letting control of picking up the things. I mean, I don't know if when you go grocery shopping, sometimes you'll pick up a can and there's a slight dent in the side of it. You'll put that can back and you look for a can that hasn't got a little dent in it. Or, or you'll pick up the can and it looks a bit dull on top. So you go, oh, that doesn't look great. Oh, here's one with a nice shiny top. I'll grab that one. When someone's just walking around just randomly picking an order out and they go, I need a can of baked beans, I need this, they're just going to grab the first item. So again, you're actually putting the, that control back into someone else's hands that you've got absolutely no input on um, and no control over. And then when you get it home and you go, oh, geez, this can of baked beans has got a dent in it. I wouldn't have picked that. And again, it's like I said, but people are actually being conditioned to to give up to give up stuff. And I think as photographers, are how far are we prepared to go? How far are we how far are we prepared to give up? the creative control of an image, like the how an image is created. Are we happy to let robots just come in and do that? Should there be some type of creative revolution there? Basically, you know, says no, stop. You know, we have to be we have to be in control. But it's kind of interesting, I think, to think about these things and think about where the future might take us and where photography may be. And, you know, who knows in ten years from now what photography is going to look like. Even the last 10 years, we've seen major changes to the landscape with the way photography is done. We've seen a lot of different things happen in, in the photography field with, you know, studios closing down, not being able to kind of get enough work in to pay the rent to, to rent a studio space. So more people are moved to a transient uh, model where they, you know, there's a lot of um, shared studios where people can just hire studio time to run their business. Um, and again, like I said, there's a lot of people who are actually doing this as a second gig you know it's not their primary income source but they might shoot a couple of days a week so they basically just hire the space and i'm not just hire they even hire the equipment they need to actually do to do the shoots as well so it's kind of interesting how the world's changing and like i said how we sit back as photographers and how we think about this stuff and how we what influences can we have what you know what voice do we have is it one of those things where it's like um, the flow is so great that you just get swept up like the, you know, landslide, you know, falling down the mountain and it's picking up stuff along the way and just mowing it down? Is that is that where we're going to be? Or, you know, do we start looking at how, I suppose, photographers voice their opinion on these things and say, well, that mightn't be a great choice to go down that path. I suppose there's a whole lot of different things that have happened in the world with you know, genetic engineering where potentially someone can, you know, genetic engineer a child of their choice with the colour hair and colour eyes and a whole lot of things about how their um, physical appearance may be. Are we comfortable? Are people comfortable with that? I mean, it's some of those things that some people think it's fantastic. Some people, other people are horrified. And again, I think it's kind of like, as creatives, creatives, we've always had control over the elements of things that we create so whatever discipline you're working in whether you're an artist a sculpture you know um, a singer songwriter a photographer the things that you craft or an author the things that you craft 
you have control over and you can basically say yay or nay on different parts of that. So that's great because that's, and that's part of the, I suppose, the creative process is that you can have that control and be able to just let us, yeah. So he's to say that in the future that books could just be written by a robot, by a computer. I'm sure that the algorithms there that you could have a robot basically punch a book out and it'll be the grammar be, could be perfect um the sentencing could be perfect everything about it could be perfectly constructed and when you just put in the idea and go well it's about this this is a story about an adventure on an island and you throw a few key story twists in there and then the the ai and the computer then actually then fills in all the gaps and creates a book possible probably it's probably already happening before we know it i know it happens now with a lot of stuff with um voiceovers and stuff on some videos are now done by it's just speaks speech to text where people just type in what they want to say and then the voice just basically says it and again that's potentially given way to someone who would normally narrate or someone who would get paid to create that sound bite of that you know slogan or whatever it is where now it can purely be done by a robotic voice and we may never know what's real and what's not and i think that's the that's the blurred line where we're at we're kind of some of the stuff is very blurred and again like i said photography has always been a a discipline that's had a huge amount of input from the maker of the image from the photographer has always been the the driving force has always been the making those decisions about you know where the photos can be taken how it's going to look how it's going to be styled what elements are going to be in the picture what are there going to be the key elements and what I'm, what's going to be emphasized through placement and post-production so these things have always been like i said in control of the photographer so in this episode I've been talking about robotic photography studios and their future in in the photography industry in general because i think you know the photography industry is quite interesting so you've got several segments you've got your professional segment which is people who for them photography is their means of making money to live they basically produce stuff the typically this is the stuff that you see on billboards in advertising magazines those types of things this stuff has been created by a you know um, a professional photographer then you've got the event photographers the people who capture the events you know whether it be a wedding or whether it be engagement or 21st or whatever and sometimes those people aren't always doing that as a full-time gig but they do do it like they might shoot on the weekends but during the week they work somewhere else the thing about it is it's it's a it's a person doing it and it's a person behind the camera and it's a that person can talk to the client and get an idea what the client's trying to achieve where it may be harder for a um, robot at the moment, I imagine, you know, a little bit harder for a robot because if something changes along the way, as you probably know, with photography shoots, sometimes you have a plan that you're going out to shoot a particular thing, but things happen, so you have to change it and adapt it. And as a photographer, you've got the ability to be able to do that, to be able to change it midstream even and change the way it's been shot to give it the look that you're trying to get, whereas whether or not a robot is going to always better do that or it's just going to produce these very clinical sterile 
perfectly exposed images, which sometimes, like I said, lack that. Sometimes some of the imperfections in a photograph is what makes a photograph interesting, is not having it too perfect. Sometimes people don't want things absolutely perfect. They want to be able to have a little bit of a, they want to have a little bit of detail in there that's not perfect. But like I said, it just shows you that someone real made it. Yeah, so look, interesting. I don't know what people's thoughts about it is, but like I said, I was kind of taken back a little bit when I started reading about this article and I thought to myself, geez, that's um interesting direction we're going with photography if we're going to let robots actually start taking photos. Anyway, um, this has been Steve Finkel for Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, drop us a, drop us a message on social media. Don't forget to follow us on your favourite podcasting app that you're listening on. We love that. If you're on Apple, we love to drop in there as well and, and um, leave, us a, leave us a review if you like what we're doing. If you have any ideas for future podcasts, by all means, drop those in our social media feeds. Send us a message. And uh, until next time, enjoy your photography and have fun and just keep an eye out for those sneaky robots that might be trying to come after you. See ya. That's all for this episode this week. Thanks for listening. If you have enjoyed the show, please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favourite podcast app and social media sites. Remember, photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn. Safe and happy shooting, everyone. Thank you.